Good morning, everybody. Today, Bez Hashem will be learning Daf Nun Zayin Maseches Ksubas. We left off in the middle of Nun Vav Amun Beis, the two dots. Tanya, Rabbi Meir Omer, Kol Apoches Levsula Mimasayim Almana Mana Harizu Beilas Nus. What we're doing here is a brisa that sounds like a version of our Mishnah, and it's going to give us a little bit of what we here in America call inside baseball. The guys in Dublin and Brussels. I check the stats every once in a while. Every day they're downloading in, in Ireland and in Brussels and in Barcelona. Those are our three locations where it's every day. Anyways, so in, the baseball is a sport that we have out here. Don't worry about it. The point is, uh, our Brysa will give insight to the Mishnah as follows. Mayor said that if you do not give, as you know, Goranowitz, you have to give in the Ksuba uh, 100 to the... Amana and 200 to the Basula. If you do not, Harezu Bi'ilas Zus, Znus, says Rabbi Meir. Right? You need to have that Ksuba. Otherwise, you cannot be together. Rabbi Yossi Omer Rashai. That Gemara is going to discuss what this means. Rabbi Yossi sounds like, yeah, don't worry about the Ksuba at all. You are allowed to do anything you want. It doesn't matter how much of a Ksuba you gave. Okay. Rabbi Yudha Omer, Ratza, Kaisiv Levsula, Shtarshan Latai, Vikosev Lois Kabati Mimcham Mana. Rabbi Yudha, is what we quoted yesterday's daf. This is the shita over here in the brisa that if you want, you have to write that the ksuba is matayim. That you can't get out of. But there is a trick to be able to give less, which is you give her a star of, my, of matayim like a regular basula gets. And she writes you a fake receipt. And we discussed yesterday, Rebuta usually hates receipts. Uh, doesn't want because he's concerned about the borrower ha- having the right onus upon himself of holding on to it. But in the case of the Ksuba, because it's a fictitious, fictitious receipt just to help him out in the first place, he allows it and he says, okay, just hold on to it. Anyway, that's in the case of Basula, it's going to be 200 and then you could get, for example, a receipt for 100 if you wanted to, to only give 100 or any amount less than 200. And similarly, you write, uh, ksuba of uh, mana, as is the normal uh, ksuba for the almana, and she writes for you the receipt of chamishim zuz. Those are the three shitas in the brisa. So again, Rabbi Meir says you have to give the full amount, otherwise it's be'ilas nus. Rabbi Yos says you don't have to give anything, and Rabbi Yudah says you can have this uh, sort of trick where you get the receipt if you want to give less than the full amount. What kind of buster is that type of trick? So, oh, so, so here we're going to have a little Musar as follows. Vesalva Rabbi Yossi Rashai, the Gemara wants to know. Rabbi Yossi says you, you can just do whatever you want. How could that be? That you don't have to give any ksuba and you could still live with her without any ksuba at all or riminhi. But we have a bracelet that says, Einos in ksuba tisha metaltalim olam. That the Musar here is that reason why, good morning, we want the ksuba to come from what? From, from land, right, and not from metaltalin, right, from movable property, is because metaltalin can disappear. Land doesn't disappear. And we want the kala to go into this relationship feeling confident, feeling a sense of security, of knowing where it is, right? So first we're going to quote the Brisa. The Brisa says, In osin metaltalin, you don't give it to her for movables, because of tikkun olam, and then Amar Rabbi Yossi, and Rabbi Yossi says in this brisa, olam yesh and Rabbi Yossi says, what kind of tikkun olam is there? 
isn't it true that metaltalim are are not really so fixed in value? Rather, they fluctuate. They can they can decrease and lose their value. Now, wait a minute. The first part of the brisa is saying that you shouldn't use metaltalim, and then Yossi is saying, what kind of tikkun olam is that? Metaltalim have this. Uh, this aspect to them that they can decrease in value, it sounds like Rebiosi's, all he's doing is explaining the reason why we don't use metaltalin. In other words, it sounds like he's only explaining the Tanakama. So that's what the Gemara asks. The Gemara asks, Tanakama nami enos in ka'amar. Yeah, Tanakama said that you should not use, right, metaltalin for the ksuba. So what's Rebiosi adding over here by explaining the fluctuation? So now the Gemara is going to amend the Brisa and explain what the Brisa really means. This is what the Brisa meant to say. Must be Tanakama saying like this. That when do we not allow Metatlan to be used in the Ksuba when the husband, right, the Chassan doesn't accept responsibility. Accepting responsibility is like this, right? The Chassan says to the Kala, here is your Ksuba. I'm, I don't have land, unfortunately. I'm not a landowner, but here I'm giving it to you with whatever, uh, with, with metaltalin, um, movable valuables, but I guarantee you in case it gets lost or stolen, I take a Chryas, right? I'll replace it. So you don't have to worry about this thing disappearing, because if it disappears, it, I will replace it. That's when we say, if he does not take a chryas, that's when the Tanakhama says that you're not allowed to use metaltalin. But otherwise, if he takes a chryas, so then if he's taking responsibility, so then what's so bad? It would be the equivalent of giving her land. He's just saying, even if it gets lost or stolen, I'll replace it. That should be okay, right? So that's the Tanakhama. Whereas the Tanakhama says, right? If he does take a chryas, it should be okay. However, Rabbi disagrees with this, and that's our explanation of the Brisa. Says the Gemara. The also Rabbi Rabbiosi's amendation would be to say like this: He says, even if he does accept a chryas and responsibility, why should we allow it? Amai osin. Why do we think that that's okay? Because even if he does replace it, the difference and the issue between metaltalin and karka is not only that. Uh, that karka doesn't disappear, but it's also karka uh, maintains its value better. And metaltalin should be not used for that reason. The reason why we don't want to use metaltalin, says Rabiosi, is even in a case where you do take achrayas, then in the, even in that case, we see too much of a fluctuation in value, and therefore metalt- that is the reason why metaltalin should not be used for exuba, rather karka should be used for exuba. So what the Gemara is really asking is like this. Rabiosi is concerned about the devaluation of metaltalin. Well, why would you be concerned about a devaluation of metaltalin when it seems from our first price that we just quoted that he doesn't care whether you give exuba altogether? So then, what, so then he, right? And that the Gemara is now actually going to spell out as follows. Hashto ma'asim the dilma pachasi. Now that we said that in the second price over here that we quoted, that Rabiosi is concerned about devaluation of metaltalin, Chayesh Rabiosi, right? That he's concerned about that. Hacha de vaday kapachta lo kol shekain. So, sure. If you marry a woman that's a widow or can't yeah. get babies, mm-hmm. isn't that, uh, what purpose is there to get married? What hector is there to get married? Right, so there's more, so even though um, you're bringing up like a pretty um, important question, which is um, something that could be discussed in Maseches Kiddushin, um, but it could, could have already been discussed now, 
if there is a mitzvah to get married, so you sugya, not for now, right? In other words, getting married is a good thing. Is it a mitzvah? And what is the mitzvah? Kiddushin itself? Or is it a hechsher mitzvah for puravu, right? For like you're saying. And in the case where there is going to be no puravu, is there an inyan to get married? So the answer is certainly there is. The answer is that certainly there is, but is it, um, in other words, certainly you can get married even without puravu. The question is, which is the mitzvah? It's not for now, but it's a good question. So now, the Gemara wants to know, so in a case where you lose the ksuba in our first price that we quoted altogether, wouldn't you say all the more so that Rebiosi is concerned? In other words, just like we said, if Rebiosi is concerned about devaluation, so what, that is inconsistent with the fact that he seems to, in our first price, not care whether you give a full ksuba at all. To which the Gemara answers, well, those two prices are not contradictory. Because they're not the same case. Says Gemara, is that really a good comparison? Yeah. It all has to do with, I'll say it outside. The, it all has to do with, here's your Gemara Nwitz Musr moment. It has to be, the Chasa and Kala have to be on the same page. You can't dupe the Kala. So for example, you tell the Kala here, I'm being Mikarashu, and by the way, I have a million dollars in cryptocurrency coming your way. And it turns out the whole thing, the whole thing, it was worthless, right? Uh, as soon as Sheva Brachas are over, it, it turns out it was fictitious, it wasn't real money, and it mean, doesn't mean anything. So that is getting married on a false pretense, right? So, meaning, the devaluation is a real concern, because that is an expectation the Kala has, and then those expectations get shattered. As opposed to, The first price that we quoted, where Biosi is saying that you don't really need to give her a she can be, it, well, he's, all he's saying is, that she can be mochel, as we said yesterday, with regards to even Doraisas. When it comes to money, any interaction of money would be two people, even a chasan kala, even with a ksuba, or Shita is, the kala has it within her rights to be mochel, but that's lechatchila, meaning if she knows going in that this guy is a great guy, but he is destitute and can't afford a ksuba, if she accepts that and they're on the same page, that's okay according to Rabiosi. What is not okay is if she thinks she's getting a certain amount, but because it's metatlin, it's devaluating and depreciating greatly. And that is not okay. And that's what the Gemara is saying, that those are the sheet of the Rabiosi um, in the two prices, and therefore they're not contradictory. Okay, so now let's give anecdotes, stories to about Ksuba as follows. Bottom line, on Nvavim Bez, Achasa de Rami Barchama, Havan Sivalar of Avia. So we quoted Rami Barchama, Shira Schmidtman's PhD thesis was about, in Bar-Ilan was about Rami Barchama and all his life and times in Psak. Anyway, so he had a sister, Rami Barchama, uh, and she married Ravavia. What happened as we arrived in Zion Amr Aleph? Irkas Ksuvasa. She lost her Ksuba. Also, look at me there, Yosef. So they go in front of Rabbi Yosef. So Rabbi Yosef, so, so, answered them. They said, what are we supposed to do? Uh, can we continue to live together? We lost our ksuba. So he said, well, so Rabbi Yosef, interestingly enough, Rabbi Yosef quoted Rabbi Meir, who said what? He said that it's Be'ilas Nus. In other words, you better go get another ksuba. You cannot continue to live together without this ksuba. That was the psaq of the rabbi. But we know that the ksuba. What's the psaq of the chachamim? That a person can actually Right, live with his wife and continue two or three years. So the great Tafyomi Master Ari Leibowitz asks, which is it, two or three years? So the answer is, when you say two or three years, you mean like, put it on your to-do list. Uh, it's not a fixed amount of time, 
but put it on your to-do list and don't just like let it go. But, you know, get, when you get around to it, take care of it. That's basically what it means. So, so he quoted Rameir and the Chachamim. Right? Rameir said, but Chachamim say you can wait and continue to live together as long as you put it on your to-do list to take care of. So, Abaye said, So, wait a minute. When you tell somebody, Rameir said this, but the Chachamim say that, so typically you would assume that you follow the Chachamim and therefore you could continue to live together for a couple of years at least until you get the Ksuba. But Abaye didn't like that idea because we have a principle that when it comes to these halachas, if Rameir has a Gezeira, whenever he's machmir about something like this, we should listen to him. Says the Gemara, If that's the case, definitely you should go and write the Ksuba for her right away. Um, so I know of one case, Binyam, when last time we were here, Binyamin said that he knew uh, of, of somebody who was in this predicament, lost Ksuba and had, and had to wait until they write, write a new Ksuba. We posted on the chat because it's so classic for Binyamin to know somebody to do that and Binyamin's brother, uh, whatever, the, the, the person who it happened to, that Binyamin happened to know was on the chat and he said, that's me. <laughs> Anyways, so that can happen. Okay, Kiyasar of Dimi. Okay, another story. Amr Shimon ben Pazi, Amr Shimon ben Levi. This is going to be. This is going to end up being fascinating, because we know we always have these stories of Rav Dimi and Rav Avin coming from Eretz Yisrael to Bavel, traveling and reporting what Rabbi Yochanan said, etc. Reporting what they learned in Yeshiva. Okay, so when Rav Dimi came from Eretz Yisrael to Bavel, he reported as follows: Amr Shimon ben Pazi, Amr Shimon ben Levi, Mishum Bar Kapara, Machlokas B'Tchila, Al Basof Ladiver Akol Einam Ochela. So what's this Tchila and Sof? We're going to see. That's going to become the topic of. Uh, be a controversial question here. What is he talking about? The, the basic outline of what he's talking about is at what stage? There's three stages. This is what the, the Ritva explains. That uh, the idea is like this. And Rashi says we're going to explain it in the Gemara, but I'm going to have to explain it now. The, uh, I'll say it like this. When can be, this is a new thing now, but within the same sort of uh, topic. We just said that an Isha can be Mochelas or Ksuba, right, Andrew? So the question is, when can the Isha be Mochelas or Ksuba? At what point? Can she be Mochelet after Bia? Like, can she be Mochelet during their, Andrew is going, is uh, traveling to, uh, to uh, San Diego, I think, for his in-law's 70th anniversary next week. May we all be Zaycha, maybe to, to live in Meva Esrim and, and to have the 70th, 80th, and 90th anniversary celebrating good health together. So, he's going for their 70th anniversary. Can his mother-in-law still be Mochel Herksuba <laughs> at, at the 70th anniversary? No, certainly not. In fact, once, the, right, once you're at a Shever Brachas, can you be Mochel Herksuba? No. It has to be somewhere before the marriage. Because after all, the, the thing that we're looking for is the Kala entering the marriage, being on the same page as the Chasan with respect to the Ksuba. And so now we're going to try to pinpoint when is that moment that we say that it's okay, right, for, for her to still be mochel. That's the question at hand. So everyone's going to agree, I'll say it outside first, that after the Bia Rishona, it's already too late. The question is, under the chuppah, is that too late? Oh, before the Bia Rishona? Or how about right before the chuppah? So that's what we're talking about here. So Rashi says, we don't know what we're saying yet, but this is really the topic. The topic is, at what point can we still be mochel? So again, so the statement of, of, of Ravdimi was 
that we learned from Yeshua ben Levi, in the name of Rabbi Kapar, that we have machlokas bitchila. So that's what Rashi is explaining over here. Basof, kvar zachta, bamirasa lav klum. Whenever this sof is, right, it's not going to be, the verbal, right, relinquishing of the ksuba is not going to work out. Good morning. So, there will be no machlokas at that point, Kishin no longer be machelas. And Rabbi Yochanan Amar, right, these bar kapar and Yochanan, these are gedolim in Eretz Israel. Rabbi Yochanan said, Bein bezu, bein bezu machlokas. Sounds like he's saying whether it's the beginning stage or the later stage, whichever stage he's referring to, it's a machlokas in, in that area, whether she can be mochel still verbally or not. Okay. Amar Rabbi Yochanan, l'didim official l'minever de Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Abo is reporting otherwise. He says, I personally was, had this explained to me in Shear. In other words, I was in Shear and heard Rabbi Yochanan say it himself. The honor of Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, Lopagalina Adadi. Rabbi Yochanan himself told me that, meaning that I, meaning myself, Rabbi Yochanan, right, am not cholak on Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. We agree on this matter. So, how so? Because my betchilat kam Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, betchilas chupa. It's just like these terms of betchilat and sof. That's what's confusing you, right? And that's what's confusing us, and that's what's confusing Rashi and everyone else. But it's really that we're all saying the same thing. Namely, that after the Biarishona, it's no longer, uh, she can no longer be Mochel, but before she can. And therefore, my Bitchilat come Rabbi Shimon Levi, so that when Rabbi Shimon Levi says Tchila, he means Tchila's Chupa, the beginning of the Chupa, my Sof, Sof Bia. And when he says Sof, he means after Bia. So that's what he means. In other words, Rabbi, right? So Rabbi Shubin Levi, when he says tchila, uh, every, there's a machlokas and sof, everybody agrees. Yeah, he just means that sof is after bia and everybody agrees there that she can no longer be machlok suba. When I say tchila and sof, so I mean tchila and sof chupa. And that's why I'm saying that in both cases, everybody disagrees. Because again, we're both, we're all saying the same thing. That tchilas chupa, she could still back out. Or she could still rather verbally be mochel. Sof chupa, she could still verbally be mochel. We're all agreeing to that. And then, uh, I mean, that, that's where rather, excuse me, that's where we have the machlokas. But then we're all agreeing that sof, right, that when we're talking about the sof um, bia, that's where we're all agreeing, right, that there is going to be a, that there's going to be no disagreement, and everyone's going to agree that it's too late to be mochel. Okay. That was the version of Rav Dimi of the whole conversation of what happened in Eretz Yisrael with this machlokas. Kiyasa Ravin, however, right, another one of the classic Talmudin that would come from Yochanan Shir and report what happened in Eretz Yisrael. So I'm Shimon Pazi, I'm Shimon Levi. So he's quoting the same people, but he's saying like different versions. The Bishum Bar Kapar, they say, machlokas levesofa, but chil diver kol mocheles. He's saying it differently. He's saying that the machlokas was at the end, but in the beginning there was a different, different, everybody agreed that she was mochel. And there, it's just, the, this version is one where they what? They agree in the beginning. And they disagree on the end stage. And Rabbi Yochanan, again, is saying that there's a machlokas in all the stages. To which, And this version was where Rabbi Yabo is saying, that there, Rabbi Yochanan himself said in Shir that I'm not really Cholak Rabbi Shubin Levi, but again, just like we said before, we're arguing about when Tchilan Sof, it's really just a question of when Tchilan Sof is. Ma'ala Vesof, Dama Rabbi Shubin Levi, Sof, Sof Chopa, right? So when Rabbi Shubin Levi said Sof, he meant Sof Chopa, meaning at the end of Chopa, that's when there is a Machlokas. So my Tchila, Tchilas Chopa. And Tchila is going to be Tchilas Chopa. And there, Tchilas Chopa, so everyone's going to agree that before the Chopa, 
Right? So those are the stages. Before the chuppah, everyone's going to be that she could be mochel. Right? Uh, after all, you didn't even have the chuppah yet. And everyone's going to be that after Bia that she can no longer be mochel. The whole machlokas is really going to be like sof chuppah. Right? When he says tchila v'sof, he means tchilas bia v'sof bia. Tchilas bia there meaning after the chuppah, before the bia. That's where the machlokas is. But wait a minute. Amar of Papa, he loved Amar of Yabo. If it weren't for the fact that Rabbi Abo, and this is where it gets very interesting, uh, it sounds like very technical detail, Barry, over here, but you would not believe this Ksubas Nunzain is the source of one of the most fundamental uh, mantras of the Brisker Torah. And this is, goes back to Rav Willig and Rav Shechter in, in, their, uh, in their Sfarim, quoting the Rav, quoting the Brisker Rav, you're about to see something fascinating. There is a Rashi here. This uh, Rashi, uh, six or seven lines down in the wide, that breaks open the whole brisker philosophy. But let's read it inside first. Amar Papa. Now Papa says, if I had not right, uh, heard Rabbi Bo say that he heard in Shir from Yochanan that, that Rabbi Yochanan himself and Rabbi Yishu are not, po- are not cholik on each other, have I mean Rabbi Yochanan and Yishu been Levi Pligi? I would have believed, says Rav Papa, that there is, in fact, a machlokis in Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Yishu and Levi and how they, in, in, in fundamentally in what the halacha is. Rav Dimi, Rav, Rav lo Pligi. And then I would have believed that Rav Dimi and Rav are actually not arguing. In other words, what's really going on here? Rav Dimi and Rav are each quoting their version of what they heard and they're both quoting what Rabbi Yochanan himself said in Shir. However, Rav Papa is saying something fundamental, Andrew. He's saying, I would have preferred, as Rashi explains it, I would have preferred to believe, right, that there was a fundamental machlokas of Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Shua in halacha, in svara, right? I would have preferred to say that. As it turns out, there's just a machlokas between Rav Dimi and Ravin as to what really went and was said in Shir, right? This is two Amoraim arguing about what an Amora, another Amora said in Shir, okay? But I would have otherwise liked to have thought that this was an actual uh, accurate description of a true Machlokas Amoraim in Halacha, right? So we say again, right? Rav Yochanan Shir ben Levi Pligi, that would have been what I would have said. And Rav Dimi ver Ravin lo Pligi, my took Amar Ravin, the, the sof of Ravin speaks, the sof chupa. In other words, this sof should be sof chupa, and tchila should be tchilas bia, which is to say that sof and tchila in those two versions are in fact the same point in time, right? Sof chupa and tchilas bia is the same. It's, the sequence is, right? Tchilas chupa, that's before the chupa, that everybody should agree that she could still be mochel. Sof chupa tchilas bia just means that interval after the chupa and before the bia where the machlokas really lies and that's where Papa wants to hear. He would have loved to have known that that was where you have a real machlokas Rabbi Shua and Rabbi Yochanan and then, right, so after bia, well, everybody would there agree again that she cannot be mochel. But the point is that he would have liked to have seen a real machlokas in halacha between Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Levi on that sof bia, right, tchila, sof chupa rather, tchilas bia um, uh, interval, because that would in fact be machlokas in svara. Aha, and that's what the Gemara is saying here. Look at this line. 
Michael What are we learning from the fact that Rav Papa would have preferred a machlokas Rabbi Yochanan uh, and Rabbi Shuban Levi in halacha as opposed to a machlokas Ravin, right, and Rav Dimi as to what actually happened? Hakamash Malan, the pligi tremorai, I taima de nafshayu. Below pligi tremorai, aliba de chada mora. Wow. David, you see this? This is the fundamental of Briska Torah. That Rav Papa would prefer, this is a Goranowitz, but this is the most yeshivish Muslim moment. Pligi tre amorai ataima de nafshayu. I would rather have two amoraim arguing on their own svara, velo pligi tre amorai aliba de chada mora, and not have Rav Dimi and, and, and Ravin arguing about what was actually said. What am I saying here? So I'll say the Rashi outside, basically, but at the end it says, as follows. What is this? What is going on here? As follows. That when it comes to like the ultimate religious expression, according to, right, the, uh, according to our Lumdish right, ancestors, the ultimate religious expression is to have a logical formulation and a svara where you understand two di- things differently. As Rashi explains, that's where we say, that everybody has the creativity to be able to understand, right, the Torah Hashem in the way that they understand it. And Rapapa is saying that is sort of like the ultimate religious expression to try to connect in your own way to the Dvar Hashem. And and everybody with their perspective is offering their version of the, of the, of the Torah. And in that, in, in advancing it in the most sincere way, they're bringing to the world Elu Elu, that it's all part of Torah. It's all part of your individual expression in the way that you logically understand it. That's what I would have loved to have seen, says Rav Papa. Yeah, if you have two guys just arguing about what Rebbe said in Shir, so that's also important. Accuracy is important. But it's not Geschmack when Robin, right, comes from Eretz Yisrael and Rav Dimi comes and they all both came from Rav Yochanan Shir and they have different versions. Now we have to sort out what, what's accurate. That's also, that's Masor, right? You have to have accuracy, of course. That's the bedrock upon which we build. But the creativity of actually having two different svaras, now that's Geschmack. That's, that's what I would have preferred, says Rav Papa. So that's what we say, right? That's the brisk of Masorah. That's what they would prefer. So that's what Rav Willig quotes, and you know, Rav Ari Leibowitz quotes Rav Willig in the name of, in the name of the Rav, and, and Rav Shechter writes in Pnine Harav, this whole idea of everything can be boiled down to, if you can, you try to see that it's a machlokis in halacha. A machlokis meaning in what we hold, bisvara, the halacha should be, how we understand it. In other words, all these machlokis, and so the truth of the matter is that all through Shas, you see Rav Dimin and Ravin, Quoting uh, what the version of Shear was, and that exists all over the place. But where we're really looking for what the, what our Papa would prefer to organize it in such a way where he can, where it's a real machlokas lalacha. A lot of times we have this with also machlokas b'mitzias, right? So you say like, what do the chachamim argue about? Whether the uh, whether a child could survive when he's seven months old and he's viable, or whether a child right cannot survive? What the biology is? No, no, no. So the risk would say that's never the case. It's always the case that you could boil it down to a machlokas in halacha and in svara. They're all working with the same, um, they have to agree on the metzias, right, or on what was said, on what the reality is. The reality, they're striving to figure out what the actual reality is. And then where their machlokas is, is on their fundamental perspective on what the halacha ought to be with that same given reality. So that is brisker. Fundamentals, Ksuvas Nun Zayin, you heard it here. Okay. 
So now we arrive at the mission on the Zion of Medalif as follows. And the mission says, takes us back to Dafbez Amadalaf. Remember Dafbez Amadalf, Vasula Nises? We wanted to get married on a Wednesday because there was a 12 month period. And we say, what is, why do we even care about this Wednesday? And we say, well, because there's a 12 month grace period whereby after you decide that you're going to get married, you have to, you, you could get ready. And afterwards, the chasan is responsible to give, to feed the kala, right? So this Mishnah we're about to read is the source of that, that you get that 12 month period. The point in Mishnah the first mission of Ksubas was that if the 12 month period happens to end, let's say on a Sunday or whatever, so then you still get a grace period until the following Wednesday because you're supposed to get married on Wednesday. As we will see, and as we've already noted, that itself gets thrown out. And we end up saying that you can actually continue, uh, and, and not have to feed her until you actually have the chuppah. But let, let, let's see that inside. Says the Gemara. Remember this? This sounds familiar. That a basula gets 12 months from Tava Abal is when he, what does it mean, solicited her? It's like when, from the day he told her, get ready for the wedding. Okay? It's not exactly Kiddushin. Okay? Kiddushin is already a little bit different. Right? This is, this, the way that they used to do it then, they would be like, what we may call Tanaim. Right? They would, they would say, get ready. Now, it's not really Hare Admikudesha, but get ready for the wedding. From that time, you get 12 months, okay? Okay. The finest is Atma. Why is she getting 12 months? Because she has to get herself ready. She has to get all her makeup and all the jewelry and all the things that she's going to have as a married woman. It takes a little while to get that together. Just like the woman gets those 12 months, the man also, right, if she's already ready, she's got the jewelry from when she was a little kid or she inherited from her mom or whatever it is, well, he needs some time. What is the finest? That's what Sarachi explains. He needs to, what? He still needs to get the wedding. Because after all, in that culture, and you see that this culturally changed even within the time of the Gemara, in the culture, they used to, the chasan, side. The chassan himself used to pay for the wedding. They didn't have flops. He did flops and everything else. So he needs 12 months for that. Everything was the man. Well, uh, good, good, good question. Good question. But why are we getting it not to the I know. We should have it like today. Why are we giving it to the kala? Well, I don't know. That's a good question. And it, it has to do with like who has, uh, I don't know. If, if you have a shidduch crisis, then maybe you want, you want to offer more. Uh, anyway, and Alman gets 30 days. Why does Alman only get 30 days? Because she already has her makeup and jewelry bags, right? Because she's already been married and therefore she doesn't need as much time to get that stuff together. There we go. We quoted this already in Daf Beis in Ksubas. If the appointed 12-month period or 30-day, month, 30 as it were, for an Almana, uh, the wedding has not yet happened. Right? So let's say you have a, a husband who's a coin. He's marrying a, right, let's say a basula. And so they waited 12 months and they still didn't have the marriage. She can already, at that point, he already has to support her. And supporting her means that she gets to eat truma, even though she's not yet technically a kohenas, right? She's a basis royal. And even though she's not technically yet his wife, after 12 months, Chazal said she could start eating from the truma already. Uh, she's treated like a kohenis, like, she, like he already ha- has to uh, give it to her. Now, with regards to the truma, there's an uh, interesting machlokas of Tarfan or Bikiva here. Tarfan Omer Nostan Lahakol truma. Tarfan says the chasan can give her all the truma. Now, the truma is cheaper than chulin, right? Because, again, it's supply and demand. The demand for truma is less. Only kohanim can eat truma. 
So the question is, can you feed her only truma? The problem is, as Rashi points out, Anida cannot eat truma. You have to be tar to eat truma. So in the state of Nida, you can't eat truma no matter what you do. As many times as you go to the mikvah, you gotta wait it out, right? When you're in your Nida state. And therefore, you, that's more expensive to eat out when the woman is a Nida because she cannot, she cannot eat truma. She can only eat chulin. But Rabbi Tarfon says she, despite that, you could feed her entirely truma. That's weird. What is she supposed to do? She's supposed to starve when she's a Nida. So Rashi explains, no, she's going to have to sell her truma and buy chulin with it. And be, and feed herself with that. Okay. Whereas Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva says, no, give her whatever, ready to eat. You can't, you're not going to make her go sell her truma and then buy chulin and eat off of that. You have to give her some chulin to eat as well for the times that she's not going to be able to be that as may. They're both agreeing that she's, right, uh, Okay, now the Gemara says, uh, the Mishnah says another interesting thing. That when you have a case of a Yavam, right, he does not, that does not give his Yavama right to eat Truma. In other words, whereas in a regular, a case of a regular marriage, right, after 12 months, even if they did not yet get married, but when it comes to the Yavam, none of that goes on until after you already did Yibum. Because again, the Yavam was thrust into this situation. There was never like an understanding of what the amount of time was supposed to be. And he's a new person now on the scene. And even though he's taking over for his brother in this particular case, so let's say the, the brother died within a 12-month period we're talking about, right? So within this 12 months, which they're getting ready, Rachman al-Atzlan, the chassan dies and the brother takes over. And let's say they're both Kohanim, right? Obviously they're brothers. So when he takes over, so whereas she normally would have been able to eat for, for 12 months, right? Uh, after 12 months, rather, Right, whereas normally, let's say, so, and, and the mission is going to spell this out. So let's say the, right, the Yavim takes over. Now he wants to restart the clock of 12 months. But really, the clock just starts from when the original brother that's deceased started the 12-month process. And so we lapse from the 12 months of the original brother's suggestion. And now, whereas if the original chasan had not died. She'd be ochels mishalov ochels v'truma. In this case, she's not because she cannot eat mishalov v'truma until the yavam actually does the yivum. That's what the mission is pointing out. And now the mission is just going to illustrate every right version of that, which is asa shisha chadashim b'fnei abal v'shisha chadashim b'fnei yavam. Right. So if the first baal dies after six months into this twelve month period, and so the six months in front of the yavam v'afilu kulam b'fnei abal chasu yomecha b'fnei yavam, or let's say he dies, the first husband does like a, a one day before, right, the 12-month period, and then the Yavim takes over, or he suggested her right away and then died immediately, and now you have 12 months under the, uh, under the right, jurisdiction, so to speak, of the Yavam, it doesn't matter when the Chasan died within that 12-month period, we're giving every extreme case, smack in the middle, right in the beginning, right at the end, no matter when he died, the Kala is not going to eat from the Yavam's Truma, until the actual yibum is done. And then, finally, the Mishnah concludes, Zu Mishnah Rishona. Yeah, all of this hak of being able to eat Mishalo, eat Petruma, that was all the original culture, that was the original Psak. However, based in Shalachrein Amr, but then a Bezin came, even when the time of the Mishnah is already, and said, Ein ha'isha ochelos betruma that a woman can never eat Truma until she goes to Chuppah. 
I would have agreed with that. I mean, how can you say that she could? So we'll see. The Gemara is going to explain why that is. But I would have said, like, she's not even a Kohenis yet. But that's not what we say. We say we're just concerned that she's going to mix. It's going to all get mixed up. Be that as it may, already by the time of the Mishnayis, they undermined the entire Basul and Isis of of uh, the first Mishnah in Ksubas by saying everybody gets... You should, yes, okay, fine, get married on, on Wednesday for the reasons illustrated in the first mission of Ksubas. But it has nothing to do with the nafkamina of Ochel's Petruma because, uh, I mean, that could be that, that our Mishnah in the missionary Shona in Ksubas has to do with this missionary Shona in those cultural times. But the point is that already in the Mishnahic times, they said, you're not going to be able to eat Truma until your Nichnas L'Chopa, even if it takes 18 months, right? You cannot eat Truma until the chuppah begins. So now the Gemara asks me, no, how do we learn this halacha that you get the 12 months? So, a lesson in the sources at the symbolic time of 613 a.m. Right? Rivka and Eliezer, Rav is quoting the Pasuk, they ask, keep Rav Chista, right? They, they ask uh, of, of Eliezer, Eved Avraham, keep, keep, her, keep her here. Uh, days or ten? What is days or ten? What does it even mean? Ask the My yamim. What is yamim? Ilam yami. Right. So the first thing you're always going to say is yamim. Well, it's multiple days. So I guess two days. Well, that wouldn't make any sense, says the Gemara. Mishtayi nishachi. Is that how you talk? You right. Usually you say like this. You say, Andrew, uh, you can go to San Diego, but uh, you come back in. Come back in like three days. Well, that's a bad example because I want you to come back sooner. So you could say, uh, so Andrew says to me, I want to go to San Diego. I want to go for a week or at least a few days. That's how you talk, right? The way you talk is usually you say, I want to go away for a long amount of time or at least this short amount of time. That's the least vacation I could have. So what is this kind of discussion where they're saying, stay with us either a couple of days or 10 days? That's not how people talk. If, if anything, they would say, keep her here for 10 days or maybe a couple of days. But they said it the opposite. Yamim asor. Therefore, two yamim cannot mean two days. That's what it means. Now there's Mishtai Inashaki. Does anybody talk like that? Amulei Triyomi, Amulehulo, Amulei Asariyomi. No, it can't be right. In other words, you don't say, "Please let us stay two days and at least ten days," because that doesn't make any sense. Normally, when you talk, you actually say at least ten, and if not ten, then two. Elamai Yamim. So therefore, we have to conclude that Yamim doesn't mean two days, but rather it means a year. Shana, Dechsev. We have precedence for that because it says Yamim Tiyegu Laso. This has to do with the. Right, we say in Sefer Vayikra, the whole idea of you having your house right in the walled city and when you can be redeeming that house. So, it's, so that context, Yamim, right? One year, and then it says Yamim Tiegulaso. It identifies one year as Yamim. Oh, so that now we know what Yamim means. That when they said she should stay with us a year, a uh, yamim or ten, she meant stay a year or ten months. That's what it means. Oh, okay. And then now it makes sense. Okay, right? So, so now the Gemara says, okay, well, you, you said that yamim means a year, and therefore that's what they said, either twelve or ten months. But maybe maybe yamim means a month. Right? This is by the slav. Hashem says, right? We wanted meat. The mud wasn't good enough. Hashem gets angry. He said, "What do you mean?" I'm going to give you quail until it comes out of your noses, right? For a month, I'm going to give it to you. So we see a context where uh, means one month. So that makes sense, maybe. Maybe it means 
stay with us a month or 10 days. When they say yamim, they mean a month. When they say 10, they mean 10 days. The Gemara says no. Amri, donin, yamim, stam, yamim, stam. Yeah, in the case of the ir choma, we say mim karo yamim, tiegu laso. As opposed to in the, in the case of chodesh yamim, we're saying like a chodesh yamim, it's like a different thing. We're explaining what chodesh yamim is. And that's why we prefer to use the pasuk where the word yamim is stam and not we're not modified by the word Chodesh. Even though it has the word Shana in the same Pasuk, it's not modified in the same way that it is over here in Bamidbar. So that's what it says over here. Right, we don't use the modified Yamim, we use the unmodified Yamim, which is to say Yamim means a year, and that's what, uh, that's what they meant when they asked Eliezer, Eved Avram, she should stay with us Yamim, O Asara, she should stay with us either a year or 10 months. And that's how we know that Akala, right, just like Rivka got 12, 12 months to prepare, that's why we give every Kala 12 months to prepare. I would have said, not that anybody cares what I would have said, but I would have said, uh, how long does it take to prepare? <laughs> but, you know what I mean? Like, instead of looking at Pesukim, but okay. 10 lines down. Amar Rabbi Zera, Tana, Ketana, Bein Hi Uvein Avia Yechon Le'akev. Right, because the Torah isn't telling you that that's the halat. Alacha per se. Okay, anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm Zera. Katana, bein yuvein avia cholin la'akev. It's a fascinating halacha here. A katana can refuse, can delay the wedding. Bishle ma'iyamatim akva. It is fascinating. This is almost like a, a Muslim moment. Uh, of course she could delay the wedding. She doesn't, she's not ready. Elavia ihi nichale. But what is her father? Why can he delay a wedding? If it's good for her, avia main afka lamina. What does he have to do with this? She wants to get married, let her get married. What gives the father a right to delay his daughter's wedding? Says the Gemara, The father says like this, she just got back from seminary, she's in the clouds, she doesn't, she's not in her right mind. She's going to hate this guy because she's too young and she's too immature and she doesn't understand and then she's going to be married on her husband, she's going to want to get out and then we'll guess what's going to happen. And then she's going to come back and want to live with me and I'm going to have right, a divorced girl on my hand that now I have to marry off. So it is that that gives the father the right to say, hold off. Don't start dating yet. Wait till you're ready. Wow. Okay. Fascinating thing. We don't set a wedding date on a katana to marry her off when she's a katana. But rather, when we set a wedding date, we say it. And Rashi specifically says, Dafka below Kiddushin, right? In other words, we're talking about setting a wedding date without Kiddushin, Okay. And Rashi says, Right, that we're talking about setting a wedding date. So he's saying, when you set a wedding date, don't set that wedding date when she's a katana, uh, along the lines of what we just said, but that she should get married when she's a gadola. So the Gemara says, Pshita, we think that that's obvious. Of course a wedding date should be when she's an adult. So says the Gemara, You might think that maybe her fear will enter her now. Literally cold feet, right? That maybe she'll get cold feet, feet, and therefore you shouldn't even set a wedding date now. That's what we're saying. Kamash Malan, you could set a wedding date, it's okay, even if it's going to scare her, as long as the wedding is after she's a gadola, that's okay. So now the Gemara is going to discuss how long can a Bogaris delay her marriage? Once she's a Bogaris, 
right? Even if it's one day, and then she has kedushin, she's giving thirty days to prepare like a like a widow. But then we have a price that says Bagra Hareikisvua. It sounds like we say a Bogaris has like a person who's already just been solicited, which implies that she should have twelve months. So the Gemara answers, my love bisvua the basula. Uh, the Gemara rather asks, doesn't Tvua means like a basula where you should get the twelve months? Not like an almana, says the Gemara. Lo, kisvua de almana. Like a almana that's been solicited, and therefore you only get the thirty days. Okay, now from the Darim, the Gemara is now going to quote a mission in the Darim that's going to challenge this again. Tashma. Right, we all know that a father can be made for the Nadar of his daughter until she gets married and then her Baal gets that right. So Rebeleazer says, after 12 months, since the husband is already Chayev to support her, he already has that right, that right to be made for her Nadar. Says the Gemara, Ema Bogaris Vishit. So that's a, that's a kasha, right? Because it implies that there's 12 months, even in a Bogaret. We just said that it's 30 days. So, the, so now we have to amend it. Say, no, the Mishnah in the Dharm doesn't mean Bogaris Sheshasa. It means Bogaris Ve Sheshasa. Two different cases. One is a Bogaris. She gets the 30 days. Ve Sheshasa. But if she, but, or what, the Ve Sheshasa is a different case. The one who waits, right? Ve Sheshasa Shneimus HaChodesh. There, Rabbi Leazar Omer, Hor Luvala Chayivim Zanoseah. Since her husband is Chayiv to feed her, Yafer, it is in that case that he can be made for Ha. Her nadarim. A couple more minutes. Tashma. Hamaras is a basula. Okay, so now you have Arison. You have Kiddushin. So once you have Kiddushin and a basula, Ben Shetava Baal Vayim Akeves, Ben Shetava Hiu Baal Me'akev, as we said, whether the Baal is the one that's delaying or the Kala is the one that's delaying, she gets 12 months from the time of when? The time of this solicitation, as it were. Of Allah Mishas Arison, not from Kiddushin. From Kiddushin, you should only get less, the 30 days. And in that case, we say that the Bogaris is like one who's already been solicited. So ask the Gemara, how so? If she was a Bogaris for one day and then had the Kiddushin, she gets 12 months. But if she's in Arusa, she gets 30 days. So wait a minute. She gets 12 months. And then in Arusa, we only give 30 days. That sounds exactly negative of Ravuna, because Ravuna said specifically that she gets 30 days. So what's this idea that if she's a Bulgarian, she gets 12 months and not 30 days? Says the Gemara, Tiyufta, that is, a, uh, that is a refutation that sure enough, if she becomes a Bulgaris before she has the Kiddushin, she does get the 12 months. So then, Umayla, Arusa, Shloshim Yom. So what do you mean we say that Arusa only gets 30 days? What's that case? Yeah, it's that case. So now we, we outline it all, that the 12 months has to do with, from the solicitation. And then, once she's Mikudeshis, then, once she has the Kiddushin, she only gets the 30 days. Uh, a minute or so left, the Mishnah said that she could start eating Truma. That we say that an Arusa Basisra can't start eating Truma. We learned that from the Pasuk, because See, that's why it doesn't matter what I say. Because the Torah itself has an opinion about this. That once she's his Kenyan, she could already eat. She doesn't have to become a Kohenes uh, by actually living with him. Right? She was Nikneis. So the only reason they said she can't eat it, she cannot eat the truma. Because she's going to take this truma and feed it to his Israeli family, meaning non-Kohen family. And that we don't want. So he said, So 
So then why do we even allow her after 12 months? There, she has her own place already. After 12 months, he already gives her an apartment and she's not going to bring it back to her parent, or her family. If that's the case, so even a regular coin eating his own truma that he should be allowed to eat, maybe he shouldn't be able to bring a truma lunch to work. Maybe people will eat his lunch. The Israeli where he's working for will eat his lunch and be eating truma. So the Gemara answers, Yeah, the dynamic is different. He's eating in their lunchroom. They're not eating in his. They don't take the worker's lunch. The worker takes the lunch from the food truck at the Israeli and therefore we have no such concern. So we'll continue, Bezat Hashem, tomorrow, five lines from the bottom of Nenzayin Ahmed Bez.